helps save lives. Learn the common signs of opioid use disorder. Spread awareness and carry a life-saving naloxone kit. Available at Sullivan County's Public Health Office, 50 Community Lane, Liberty, or from your local pharmacy. Learn more at HealTogetherNY.org slash Sullivan. Paid for by Sullivan County Government. Welcome to the local edition. News and information keeping you connected in the Catskills, Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm Jason Dolp. Coming up, it's our weekly check-in with Wayne County, followed by our monthly check-in with Cornell Cooperative Extension, our neighbors here in Liberty. And we'll be checking in with Wanda Vionette Cruz, Healthy Communities Program Coordinator. But first, we have some New York State-level news. Now that Kathy Hochul has won the governor's seat in her own right, what will her full term in office look like? As Karen DeWitt reports, the governor has offered some hints, but not a lot of details. Hochul and her campaign emphasized protecting abortion rights and highlighted her opponent Lee Zeldin's votes against certifying the 2020 presidential election. But she did not lay out a detailed plan of what she will do when she continues leading the state in 2023. Hochul, in her election night victory speech, says she hopes to deliver more job opportunities, like the recently announced Micron Technology deal in Syracuse, which supporters say could create up to 50,000 new jobs. We'll build a state where families can afford to raise their children. We'll create good-paying jobs from Long Island to the city, the Hudson Valley, the North Country, all the way to Buffalo and the Southern Tier. We'll do all that, creating good-paying jobs. Hochul also says she wants to create more affordable housing and to bring down incidences of violent crime. To have the safety to walk the streets and take our subways without illegal guns on our streets. Hochul and the legislature may have to revisit one of the governor's signature pieces of legislation. After the U.S. Supreme Court struck down the state's 100-year-old law regulating the carrying of concealed weapons, the governor and legislature quickly approved a new statute. It also set new requirements for obtaining a pistol permit, but a federal judge overturned key provisions of that law. Zeldin made repealing the state's bail reform laws a centerpiece of his campaign. The 2019 law ended many forms of cash bail. Hochul convinced the legislature in April to make tweaks to the law, adding in more crimes to once again become bail eligible. But Hochul does not support rescinding the law. Albany Mayor Kathy Sheehan leads a city that, like many cities in New York, is dealing with an increase in gun-related violence. She says Democrats going forward, including Hochul, need to do more to address the public's concerns about crime. But she says the Republicans gained ground on the issue during the campaigns, not by offering a comprehensive plan, but by trying to scare people. When people peddle fear... It is uh, really demoralizing, and it can suppress the vote, and I think we have to punch back on fear. Hochul will have to issue a budget plan in a couple of months. 
More will be known about the state's finances when the governor's budget office releases its mid-year report. The economic downturn and inflation could disrupt the plan. It was balanced when it was enacted last April. The report under state law was due by October 31st, but Hochul, speaking a few days before elections, says her analysts needed more time to work on it. It'll be out very soon. I know historically it's been out in November, so yeah, we know that's going to be worked on, and it's really important to get that message out as soon as we can, so we're working on it. The governor has not yet acted on a bill passed by the legislature that would impose a two-year moratorium on some energy-intensive forms of cryptocurrency mining that use repurposed older power plants for electricity. Environmentalists are urging that she sign it. Liz Moran with Earth Justice says the measure would help the state meet its goals to reduce carbon emissions and combat climate change. By signing legislation that would issue a two-year moratorium on the issuance of air permits, for fossil fuel power plants that are used for crypto mining activities while the state conducts an environmental review. The Bitcoin industry and some unions are against the moratorium, saying it would prevent New York from creating more jobs in the industry. The governor has so far been noncommittal about whether she'll sign or veto the measure. Finally, Hochul will need to appoint a new chief judge to the state's highest court, the Court of Appeals, after Janet DeFiori resigned at the end of the summer. The governor, with four years ahead of her now, has her chance to make her mark on the court, as well as all other aspects of state government. In Albany, I'm Karen DeWitt. You're listening to The Local Edition, winner of two Excellence in Broadcasting Awards from the New York State Broadcasters Association. Radio Catskill. Listen local. Radio Catskill's annual music sale is Saturday, November 26th. Come to the White Sulphur Springs Fire Hall in White Sulphur Springs, New York for vintage vinyl, hi-fi stereos, turntables, musical instruments, and more. Take home a musical treasure and support public radio. The Radio Catskill Music Sale, November 26th, 11 to 3. Admission $5. More information at wjffradio.org. And welcome back to the local edition news and information keep you connected in the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. And for a decade now, Wayne Tomorrow has been con- Convening the community around the issues and challenges facing Wayne County in Northeast Pennsylvania. There are 35 to 45 agencies, organizations, individuals have been working together to build the community's capacity to find solutions, some of the toughest problems. And last month, the county commissioners named a new community network specialist to serve as a connective tissue in this powerful collaboration. And she is on the phone with us now and is someone who's familiar to the local edition. It's Mickey Usips. Mickey, welcome back to the program. Hi, Jason. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And uh, congratulations on your new position. Um, Thank you. I'm really excited. Uh, you know, as I described it there in the intro, though, it sounds like, you know, what you're supposed to, what you're going to be doing being the network specialist serving as a connective tissue in this powerful collaboration. I mean, that's as if somebody had asked me, Hey, what does Mickey Usips do? I might have said that like that, that you've, you've been doing that kind of work for a while. Yes, I, I was, but previous to this, I was really in a support role at Wayne tomorrow. 
mm-hmm. and with the departure of the community network specialist to another job, um, I stepped up into the leadership role and yeah, it's one of those things where it's like everything I've done has kind of led me to this point and all of my skills come into play. So, so what, how would you fit. describe being a, a network specialist? What, what exactly does a, a network specialist do? Well, my job is really to kind of know what's going on amongst all the partners and collaborators. Like I said, it's 35 to 45 different agencies and organizations. Just trying to keep in touch, make sure that I have an idea of kind of what's going on in the various agencies and organizations, what their initiatives are, to understand their mission so that when something, a challenge or a roadblock presents itself, I have an idea of what partners to reach out to to try to lift us up over that obstacle. That's the basic way to describe it. I'm literally the connective tissue. Wow. So there you go. <laughs> um, but let's remind folks about um, Wayne Tomorrow and, and your story with Wayne Tomorrow and how you got involved in the first place. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, Wayne, Wayne Tomorrow started uh, 10 years ago now. And I remember when I first heard about it, I was working as a journalist. And my first thought was, you know, this is something that could really make a difference in the community, and I can't wait to hear more. And then when I was had the opportunity when I when they the county was looking for somebody, and I had a chance to work with Wayne tomorrow, I jumped at it, and I've really seen it blossom from a lot of talking to more doing in the last, I would say, three years really since Kim Rickard joined as our original. She was the first community network specialist, right. And that was really the point where the whole initiative or the, the whole collaboration started to, to take action. It was sort of our action phase. And she really established what the position was, what it was really all about. And I'm kind of stepping into something that someone already started and just sort of keeping it going. Um, but there's so many things that are sort of just on the horizon for Wayne tomorrow that it's really a very exciting time to sort of be not so much at the reins, but a part of that connection, a part of that tissue that holds it all together. Well, okay, yeah, let's transition from looking at the origins to what's coming next. Uh, you say there's a lot of things on the horizon. What what are some of those things? Well, we we did a couple of studies in the, a few years ago that we have been moving forward on a lot of things. Um, one thing that has been absolutely a, a game changer has been the new role that the Wayne County Community Foundation has taken on in terms of community philanthropy and finding ways for our community to invest in itself, but also to reach out to other foundations and regionally and otherwise um, to, to encourage them to invest in us as well. And, you know, those kind of things, the, the worker crisis fund, which we talked about last week, um, they've also rebranded our emergency food relief, which we did earlier or during the pandemic, to be more sustainable. And it's now farmers, farms to families uh, fund. So that's been a big thing. We were, they're also helping us with fundraising for the trails project, which we're going to be seeing real action happening on that at industrial point probably before the snow starts to fly and then much more once we get into the spring of next year. We've also been lucky enough to get some funding for our recovery to work proposal, which is a major gap filler when it comes to um, recovery from mental health 
issues as well as from incarceration or drug abuse, drug uh, misuse. And right now, people are traveling from our area to many other areas of the state where these services are offered. The recovery to work proposal would be located in Wayne County, but would serve a much larger regional community, which includes all of northeastern Pennsylvania. That's a big thing that's happening. We also recently had a presentation from our broadband consultant that was hired earlier this year, and he's got a proposal that includes over $8 million in investment from private industry and is now looking to, to make up the, uh, some additional three-point-something million dollars in um, other types of investment, whether it's grants or the county has also pledged some money to that. So those are some of the things that are really immediate. Going out a little bit further, we have our Agricultural Innovation Center, which we're working on some grants for projects and some things that'll fold into that. That's a bit of a longer-term project because it's a construction project, and that takes several years, and we're we're still looking at sites and things like that. But those are some of the things that are sort of right on the cusp. Well, you weren't kidding. You said there's a lot on the horizon. That That's a lot that's going on. And a lot of it's stuff that we've been talking about for the last yeah. couple of years, checking in with you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and I think sometimes it's difficult for people because all of these solutions that Wayne Tomorrow is working on take time. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's really easy for people to be like, oh, they're not doing anything. But we've really been hard at work and and we're, what we're one of the things we're going to be working on in the new year is being able to better mark our progress towards things and to be able to communicate that better with the community. So that's kind of one of the areas where we're hoping to make some inroads in the next year. Uh, before we go, is there um, do you need people to get involved? And if so, how do they get involved? Well, absolutely, because Wayne Tomorrow was really about the community. So anybody out there who's interested in Wayne Tomorrow, I would encourage you to go to waynetomorrow.com. There's lots of information there about all of the things that we're doing. Um, and it can be a little bit overwhelming, so I can also encourage people to give me a call if you'd like. Uh, the cell phone number is 570-493-0080, and they can email Wayne Tomorrow at waynecountypa.gov. The email is Wayne Tomorrow at waynecountypa.gov. And I'd be happy to tell you all about it. <laughs> all right. That's great. And one more time, that number is 570-493-0080. We've been talking with Mickey Usips once again from Wayne County, Community Network Specialist with Wayne Tomorrow. Mickey, thank you so much for joining us this evening, and best of luck. Thank you, and we, I always appreciate the opportunity that WJFF offers us. Oh, that's great. Well, thanks, and let us know how it goes. All right. Bye-bye. This is the local edition news and information. We're keeping you connected in the Catskills, Northeast Pennsylvania. We've got our next interview coming right up. I am going to pause real quick, though, and remind you that uh, we've got some weather on the way. Partly cloudy tonight, increasing clouds through the overnight with a low 44 and rain tomorrow. Cloudy with periods of rain, potential for heavy rainfall. 
Some rainfall possibly over an inch with a high of 61 during the day tomorrow. Similar forecast for tomorrow night. Definitely going to rain. Periods of rain, some of it heavy. Potential for an inch of rainfall or more. And overnight low down to 58. Well, that was our weekly check-in with Wayne County. We also do a monthly check-in with Cornell Cooperative Extension Solving County. And earlier today, Radio Catskills' Patricio Rabayo spoke to Wanda Cruz, the Healthy Communities Program Coordinator for Cornell and uh, Physical Activity Access that partners with County Planning Department, Sullivan Renaissance and Sullivan 180, and Food Service Guidelines, which partners with Sullivan 180. But first... Patricio asked Wanda, what does a healthy communities program coordinator do? And she said, as a healthy communities coordinators, what I coordinator, what I do is I work with uh, a certain catchment area, which is Bethel, Fallsburg, Liberty, Mamacating, Monticello, Thompson, and the uh, county government. My work is mainly on food service guidelines and physical activity access. Um, Now, with the food service guidelines, I'm sorry, I work with work sites, and uh, some work sites are also communities-related. And with the physical activity access, I work with assisting in implementing policies so that whatever uh, implementations we have, they're sustainable. We want to make changes that are going to last for a long time. Now, both of them are connected in the way that they are to assist in in, um, helping our county improve health-wise. So with the food service guidelines and work sites, it's it's mainly locations, um, whether it's county government or private, um, so it's pretty much locations that they serve food. They either have vending machines or cafeteria, concession stands, grills, or anything like that where food is made for either their employees or in some locations it could be employees and accessible to communities. And with them, you know, it's, it's, it's making sure that food are prepared in a healthier, in a much healthier way. Um, that healthier foods are available and accessible to their workers and or communities for locations that are able to to do that with communities. Um, And again, the same thing, we want to also implement policies so that this is sustainable. The first thing um, we want everyone to remember is that we're here to assist health improvement. So with the physical activity access, it's the same thing. Um, we're, we're, when we're working in policies, so it's more directed to, towards complete streets, which we've worked on the past six years. The only difference is that now we're concentrating on active friendly routes to everyday destinations. And that can include safe routes to school, safe routes to parks, Vision Zero, complete parks, and one of the most important ones is trails. Now, by doing this, the the work that we're doing, it's not just about getting people out there to just walk in order to get healthy, but it's also an alternative form of transportation. 
we want people to be able to get from point A to point B in a safely manner. So that's what the uh, physical activity access implementation is all about. And this is why, especially when it comes to um, the physical, ac um, physical access um, activity, it's, it's mainly with the municipalities that I mentioned before, because, because they're the ones who are implementing the policies, they own the roads, um, you know, if, if it's county, even if it's, if it's DOT. So we have to work with as many people as possible to make these things happen. Now, with Safe Routes to School, it's not just the municipality, it's also the schools that we need to include and the parents and, and even um, community-based organizations. Um, there's so many people that are involved or can be involved to work on these projects. And keep in mind, again, it's all about safe access to everyday destinations, as well as providing people with the, the, the opportunity for, to walk safely from point A to point B, whether it be a school, a grocery store, um, the county government, you know, a, a location where people normally would need to go to on a daily basis or even work, even work. Um, we're, we're trying to get, um, that's the other thing that we're working on. Uh, some people might notice that they are um, bike repair um, stations that we've implemented on certain places within some of our communities. And that's so that they know that if they decide, they, you know, they have the opportunity to use their bicycle and if it breaks down, well, you know what? Okay. Here's a bike repair station where I can actually fix my bicycle in case it breaks down through, through, you know, through transit. Or, yeah, you know, I can go to this place and use my bicycle because there's a bike rack there. So I can park it and lock it up and, you know, do what I need to do and come back home and go back and, you know, get on my bike and go back home. So it's, it's also about pedestrian and, and cycling. Um, there's so many components involved to it, but, it, it, you know, it, that's pretty much it. But mainly um, what's also important is that people need to know about our catchment areas that are Bethel, Fallsburg, Liberty, Liberty, I'm sorry, Mamacating, Monticello, Thompson, and um, pretty much county government. I noticed one of those repair stations in the, the village of, of uh, Wurtsboro. The repair station by the I think uh, I think it's by the Wordsport Art Alliance and it's uh, I was curious when I was walking by exactly what this was the station and uh, you know upon investigation you see that it is uh, a bike repair station different tools that you could use on your bike and a bike rack how are you Wanda getting the word out and letting folks know I know you're working with the towns and villages but how are you getting the word out to the public letting them know that these types of services and stations are available. So to be honest with you, um, we've kind of at right now so far, it's, it's just been out there, but we do put it out through our newsletter or sometimes, um, they've been some articles out on it, but, um, and it's another reason why I'm on the, I'm, I'm doing this with you so that you can put it out there. Right. <laughs> but you know, if you go to the town of Mamakating, there's a bike repair station in the Mamakating town park. There's another one on Sullivan St 
Street, the uh, Wordsboro Business District, right next to the Art Alliance. And there's another one right in front of Mamacating Town Hall. And if you go to um, the town of uh, town of Fallsburg, um, there's also one. Let me see. I believe there's one in Morningside Park. There's another one in Hurleyville. So if you're coming out of the Sullivan O and W Rail Trail, the Hurleyville section where I think there's a tennis court. There's another one there. Yes, tennis courts, basketball courts, playgrounds. Yeah, Correct. There's another one there, and they will be implementing – I'm not sure. There's a few more that they'll be implementing this year, before either before the year ends or beginning of 2023. That's great. You have these stations available throughout the county, and we're second to last in the health rankings. So it's good to know that this could encourage someone to take a healthier options to either go to a store or go to work. Uh, if it is bikeable uh, in, a, in a rural area that uh, if they have a fear of maybe breaking down on a, on the trip, you know, rest assured there is these repair stations. And there there also some bike racks. Um, so they'll they'll find a back a bike rack. I believe there's a, there's of course a bike rack pretty much where every station is located at. But there's also bike racks. Uh, there's one uh, near Danny's Restaurant in the corner between um, clo- closer to Sullivan Street, but you know near 209. Um, there's also another single bike rack um, in front of the uh, Mamacating Trail, which is on the opposite side. Side. Um, so they are several bike racks located in different locations. Um, but again, you know, with the purpose so that people can use them. If you go to the county government, there's a bike rack at each entrance of the county uh, building. There's one facing North Street and there's another one facing the opposite street. And that was also created with the same purposes. Uh, Wanda, before we go, is there anything else that uh, you have that touched on that you want our listeners to know about? I think we pretty much hit most of it. Um, if anyone, yes, you, if, you said it all. <laughs> if anyone from those municipalities are interested in working with me, um, my phone number is 845-292-6180, extension 110. Um, like I said, the, uh, the port, the, 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 um, project implementations towards, uh, physical, Activity access is mainly with the municipalities because they have to uh, implement policies that it's, you know, it's going to be around um, their municipality. But, um, and in regards to the food service guidelines, um, we're looking for businesses who have 10 employees or more where we, and, and that are actually providing food for their employees. Um, I would be more than happy to work with. And if they have any questions, of course, they can call them the number I just mentioned. And that number is 845-292-6180, extension 110. I've been talking to Wanda Cruz, Healthy Communities Program Coordinator for Cornell Cooperative Extension of Sullivan, letting us know about the physical activity access and food service guidelines. Thank you so much for joining us on the program. Thank you. Have a good one, Patricio. Thank you again. For Radio Catskill, I'm Patricio Roballo.
Thank you, Patricio, for that report. We check in with Cornell Cooperative Extension of Sullivan County every month right here on the local edition. Make sure you never miss an episode of this program. We're on five nights a week right here with news and information to keep you connected in the Catskills in Northeast Pennsylvania. Starting at 6.30, Monday through Friday, never miss an episode. Sign up for the Local Edition podcast wherever you get your podcast from. We're there, the Local Edition from Radio Catskill. I'm Jason Dole, been your host. Patricio Rabai will be uh, in tomorrow for our Friday edition of the Local Edition. You want to stay tuned, coming up we've got Ramble Tamble with John Gordon. Two hours of great music from John, and then uh, The Secret Show with Brian Sheehan takes over after that at 9 o'clock. And then it's two hours of soul music with Sangwin Fromage on Upfront Soul. It's all still to come right here on Radio Catskill. We'll keep you connected. You stay tuned. Support for Radio Catskill comes from The DeBruce in Livingston Manor, New York an award-winning restaurant and internationally recognized hotel overlooking the Willowemick Valley. TheDeBruce.com From The Cooperage Project in Honesdale Dedicated to building community through performance, learning, markets, and good times. TheCooperageProject.org Are you a music collector who needs to downsize? Consider donating records to Radio Catskill. Every year, music lovers like yourself donate. It benefits your favorite radio station and the next generation of collectors. Donate high-quality vinyl in good condition for our annual music sale. Email manager at wjffradio.org. Next time on The Vagalode of Monkeys with me, Graham Rice, here on Radio Catskill, we'll hear some of the artists I enjoyed this summer at Folk East, one of Britain's finest folk festivals. Join me, please, for folk festival music on Sunday afternoon at 3. Radio Catskill. Public radio for the Catskills in northeast Pennsylvania.